0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Conversation for Change. I'm your host, Khushi Verma. And for today's podcast, we have Ritika Saraswat as our guest, who is a founder of Redefined, which aims to redefine education globally. She is a social entrepreneur and a freelance career consultant. Apart from this, she also works as a business analyst at Deloitte. So welcome to the show, Ritika.
1: Yeah, thank you so much. I'm really excited to be here and looking forward to what questions we have.
0: And yeah, just having this conversation. Thank you for having me. Okay, so uh, I want to know your uh, experience of building Redefined. What work you do, do there and what was your main objective of starting Redefined?
1: Yeah, so just to give like a bit of a backstory in a way is like, so Redefined started about I think eight to nine months ago. And we initially started with just the idea of like this very basic idea of empowering people from marginalized communities. But obviously that can mean multiple things, right? And that is something that we kind of really adapted to over a period of time. We started with doing a lot of work in this space of empowering the homeless community here in Canada. But then we eventually realized um, you know, there were other organizations also in that space who were doing a lot of work here and a lot better work, if I were to say, that what we were doing. So we didn't necessarily feel like we were necessarily filling a gap that was existing out there. So that's when I think we were doing a bit more of a research. We were talking to a lot more people from different organizations, different countries, different regions. And that's when we started realizing that there was this gap in education that we started seeing, whereby, you know, like, for example, in Africa, mm-hmm. there are places where children have access to education. Children know about the biology of the human body, as an example, but they don't know whether that knowledge fits uh, in the context of the social norms and ideologies out there. So a lot of children who are even educated still, for example, perceive menstrual uh, menstruation or bleeding as being a bad thing. Even though they are educated about the biology of it, how it happens, why it happens, what's its importance. So, you know, for me, that was the biggest thing is like, you know, that is something that should not exist. And that is something that needs to be thought. So that is how Redefined kind of went down the path of really redefining education in a way and really Mm -hmm. filling that gap that exists whereby we are hoping to create accessibility to not academic education necessarily. But maybe be a supplemental add on in the form of workshops, in the form of additional courses to these Mm -hmm. academic institutions, where we are providing more so the applicability of knowledge. So, you know, covering uh, aspects like sexual and menstrual education, covering aspects like entrepreneurship also. I think entrepreneurship also is something which is very underrated in a way that universities don't have specific courses on it unless you're a part of a business degree, for example. You know, but I think the course everyone should have access to. You know, if you are like, I studied science, I okay, I was studying kinesiology. Even if I was studying science, what if I want to open my own clinic one day? You know, I need to have knowledge on what type of investment do I need? How do I form strategic relationships and partners? This and that, you know, so that was another topic. And the third one is climate and sustainability. We began with three, these three ones because I think they have a lot of social rooting. First of all, mm-hmm. and secondly, there's a lot of lack of education and awareness on these aspects you know, because of discrepancies in local languages, etc. Like even with climate and sustainability, it's a knowledge that's not available many times in different local languages. It's mostly in English out there or in Hindi, let's say, because, you know, India is also like a major power in that way. Exactly. But smaller, you know, regions, they don't mm-hmm. have the content in their own local language. So that is another thing define tries and do is that any community we work with, we also provide them with resources in their own local languages on that particular content, so that they understand it in their own language, in their own way, by their own people. You know, We are not the ones going there and teaching them because we don't either look like them, we don't speak like them. And we want to create that familiarity, right? People are likely to believe and hear from people who are like them. So that is what we are hoping to achieve. Um, did I miss out on any question? <laughs>
0: Was that it? So yeah, what I'm getting is, it's like education beyond textbooks. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. Mm. So uh, do you think like in India, especially uh, the country where we have so many diversity, so uh, using this, um, you know, education, like way of educating people over here, it would be a difficult task for you?
1: yeah i think there are definitely challenges right like like there are a lot of organizations we have collaborated with from india itself who have already been doing work there because one more thing about us as we at redefine is we don't believe in the idea of just being the sole pioneers in the space we want to bring together other organizations and work as a community together towards a particular goal right because Mm -hmm. our hope is Hopefully no one needs this type of education anymore and it's so readily available, you know, that is our goal. So we want to bring in as many people as possible to actually do the work. And it is definitely challenging, especially something like, you know, which is a social stigma like sexual and menstrual education, you know, in a place where you still sometimes have people wrapping sanitary pads in newspaper you know, so that they're not seen holding it, it can definitely be challenging going to those same schools, you know, talking to the same people and educating them about it, you know, Uh, showing them videos about it or showing them how to fold a pad or showing them how to make a pad, you know. So it is definitely challenging. But I think one great thing is people are becoming very open to change. People are becoming very open to the idea of getting educated and the idea of getting aware about things. Like even in India, you know, like, we have been seeing that change recently i think uh, another organization that we are interested in partnering with they did a drive there where they included males and females in the drive and what they realized was a lot of the males were also so open to you know talking about the topic and some of them even knew more about it because i think there's a lot of awareness going on even in videos for example you know they use those pain simulators with men yeah. to help them experience period pain so there is a lot of awareness going on which i think is making that journey a lot smoother but there are definitely you know challenges and there are going to be people who are not going to be supportive and maybe they will not give you the opportunity to actually go Mm -hmm. do the work but you know that's just a small percentage
0: yeah Yeah, and you know educating the children of the country is the best way to create a change in the future Yes.
1: yeah no because you know like we always talk about oh we want to be the leaders of tomorrow no we want to be the leaders of today why tomorrow why wait for tomorrow let's focus today And for today, it needs that education, that awareness needs to be there, you know, and academic education is necessary. I'm not saying it's not important. It is necessary. But unless someone understands how is it practically applicable today, You know, how do you actually put that knowledge into application? There's no use of that education at the end of the day, right? Like, you know, you see so many children also, they're so disinterested in school sometimes. All they're doing is by hearting that knowledge, you know, but is that going to help them at the end of the day? Maybe not. So maybe, you know, looking at education from a different perspective and seeing, you know, how can it be made in a way that to children, it seems more practical, you know, it seems Mm -hmm. like, okay, when I get out in the real world there, I'm going to be fine. Because even when I graduated from a university, and it's one of the best universities uh, in Canada, I'm not saying the university is bad or the education is bad. But do I feel like the education that I got gave me the skills that I needed to operate in the real world? Not necessarily. I had to gain all of that externally by myself, you know? I don't think my education system gave it to me. And I think it's the same for everyone. Unless you are a business student, I know a lot of business degrees do offer you that training on you know how to network, how to form strategic alliances, this and that. But I think in general it's not taught to everyone. So that is what I think we are hoping to kind of create.
0: Yeah. So uh, like as you mentioned about the education system, like right after 12th you moved to Canada, right? To pursue your yeah. graduation. So, yeah. can you tell us about the difference between pursuing your graduation from India versus Canada? How education yeah. system is different over there?
1: Yeah. So, first of all, it is, like, very different when you even come down to the technicality of things. Because, for example, in India, when I was until 12, I don't know if it's the same moving forward. But, you know how you have, like, you have exams every, like, you have very regular exams. Like,
0: yeah.
1: Like, you know, like your your midterms and your finals, and it's usually like your entire grade of, let's say, 12th is determined on one exam at the end of the year. It doesn't matter what you scored throughout, but it matters what you scored at the end. So a lot of students will, you know, maybe not work as hard the rest of the year, but then when the final exam is there, everyone goes, you know, works very hard and lands great marks. But in Canada, it's pretty opposite. Like in Canada, it's not one grade that determines your final result. It's the grades throughout, you know, which I think is important to be honest, because it's like, I could buy hard something and score a great grade at the end, you know, just one week before my final exams and land a good grade, you know, but is that actual learning that has happened? And yes, I'm obviously making the generalization that everyone's by-hearting. I'm sure not everyone's doing it. But, you know, that it kind of promotes that kind of thinking in a way that, you know, oh, as long as I just by-heart the entire textbook, I'm good to go. And that is what I was doing in ICSE board, you know, a lot, me, a lot of my friends, everyone was by-hearting a lot <laughs> because it was about the idea of producing a, Something similar to how it's written in the textbook also, you know, using similar language. But I think when I came to Canada, I realized how it's more so about the application uh, of whatever you're studying. Whereby the type of exams also that they take, it's very different. The type of questions asked, it's not something you could just open your textbook and find the answer to. Yeah, It's something you have to create an answer to, you know, from yourself. So I feel like that kind of really, A, not just helps reduce it, reduce the cheating rates in a way, because the answer is not present but I feel like it also gives them an opportunity to like you know learn more I for the first time found myself not even you know reading through my textbook as long as I was paying attention in class fully and understanding what was given to me I think I would do well in the exams you know without even having to you know do extra like studying research this and that so I feel like I noticed that transition and the regular The regular uh, assessments, I think, helped actually Mm -hmm. because it helps you build on your knowledge because you know every single time you're being assessed and that grade Mm -hmm. is adding to your final grade. So you're going to put in an effort every single time to actually understand and study the content. So by the end of the year, you already have developed a good understanding of the content. And so you don't necessarily need to study as hard at the end of the year than you did throughout because you already know everything now. So, you know, so just about going and applying. I think that one. Second is, I think, um, I don't know how it is in India after 12th, but at least until 12th, I felt there was not as much opportunity um, to present. There wasn't as much opportunity to go in front of your entire class and, you know, give presentations. But in Canada, it was very different. Every class of mine almost required Mm. me to stand in front of a class and give a presentation, you know, or talk to an audience, you know, or come up with an idea on the spot and present about it you know and I think obviously initially it was very nerve-wracking it was very uncomfortable but I think it was so so important because now when I work at Deloitte for example there have been times where I'm made to think on the spot there have been times where I told just two minutes before a presentation Ritika you're going to be presenting today you know so instead of freaking out I'm actually able to be calm and think okay now how can I present this stuff you know But I think if I never was exposed to that, I would be freaking out in that situation and may not do well. And I think that's what like, you know, the real world part I was talking about, you know, communication, you know, confidence, putting yourself out there. That is key, key, key to surviving in like you know, the competitive world out there today. And I think a lot of the things I learned through the education system here, I think helped me do that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So yeah, I can see there is so much difference. Like over here, it's just about rote learning and just mugging up everything, right? But over there, there are practical stuff that is being taught to the students.
1: Yeah, exactly. And it's more so like, you know, the practical experience. Like let's say someone's learning biochemistry, instead of just teaching them about it, you actually get them to do it. You actually give them the tools and resources to do it. You maybe take them to a clinic. To actually see how it's being done by other professionals, you know, so that Mm -hmm. kind of like, you know, observational learning also, which I think is incredibly important and you know how you say like on field experience that I think is very important, you know, and that is one thing I think UBC gave us the opportunity to do, uh, you know. Obviously, it also comes down to the infrastructure of the university and so many other factors, you know, so that can also play a role. And not to say that there are universities in India also that focus on that. And similarly, there are universities here also where students may be doing rote learning, because at the end Mm -hmm. of the day, it's also your personal choice. You know, Um, you could be someone who adapts to the education system and starts being more practical in how you study. But you could still be someone who still loves sticking to your root learning way of studying you know so that there's definitely subjectivity in that but I think there is overall that little bit of a distinction between the education systems
0: yeah yeah and apart from education there must be also some more things like being independent on your own terms oh yes oh my god
1: that is incredible because when okay so when I moved to Canada first Obviously, back in India, you know, we stay with our parents, Uh, we have maids, food for us, who clean the house, transportation is figured out for you, your parents help you with that, your drivers, this and that. But when I came here, everything you have to do by yourself from scratch. Finding a house for yourself, you know, you have to do that yourself. Signing the house contract, you have to do that yourself, you know, like uh, figuring out what courses you have to take, you know, you have to sign up for that, making your own food that actually, to be honest, till this date is the most challenging part to me, the food part, <laughs> because I don't enjoy cooking, you know, I'm not great at So it's like, it's so challenging for me to get myself to do that. And, you know, like, it's such an important component, which we don't realize because, you know proper food if you don't have it's going to compromise your health also many times like I've fallen sick so many times because you know I'm not having proper food skipping meals because of work this and that so I feel like we don't realize how big it is until you start experiencing the repercussions of it yeah exactly so yeah those aspects are definitely important and I think even financially you know being able to take control over your own finances Like from the first year of my university itself, I started working part-time, you know, I was doing internships as well. I was already working in a professional space, you know, I was managing my own money, Uh, you know, how much I need to buy food, how much do I shop, uh, how much do I spend on a house rent, every finances I used to manage, calculate myself also, you know. So it was very interesting experience whereby I suddenly felt in like six months, I was like, a full on adult you know managing everything from beginning to end of my own yeah so I think it was really amazing that way and there's a lot of freedom obviously you know you are away from your parents so that they also don't have an opportunity to exercise even a little bit of I don't want to say control but they're not even able to get a little bit of insight into what is happening you know this and that then so I think it's very like interesting it's scary also initially because you feel like you know you're kind of just left there And you're like, okay, go figure out things out. And then you're like, oh my God, but I've not done this before. You know, how do I do this? So I feel like, yeah, it's definitely an interesting journey. And then that's where complications come in. You know, freedom is also a very tricky thing. You know, how you deal with it. um, That's also a tricky part. So I think it, it comes down a lot to, you know, like children's values, what you have learned from your parents come here with that determines a lot of the actions that you take um yeah and a lot of the steps that you take moving forward so yeah i think it's pretty interesting that way
0: yeah right and you know as in india the the process get, gets delayed over the time of this adulting yeah.
1: yeah no definitely like i'm sure if i was back home in india i would still a be living with my parents obviously yeah. and i think b is like i don't know like you know a lot of like the decisions would still be them in a way If that makes sense, you know, like I know so many of my cousins also, they're working full professionals. A lot of them, you know, have uh, their partners as well, their kids as well. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing or anything, but I'm saying it's like, I think that is lovely as well. And it's so incredible to have your family with you the entire time. But I feel like there's a difference in the maturity level. Like, you know, I noticed when I moved abroad, I realized myself to become a lot more mature than my friends that, you know, were back home in India still, you know, the mindset was different also, you know, for me, the mindset had become more about, you know, within Six months of landing here, I went from being like a kid who was so happy to come to Canada to becoming someone who was just so focused on, okay, how do I make things work? How do I make sure I'm earning enough finances? How do I make sure I'm getting good grades to keep my scholarship going? How do I make sure I'm landing good internships? You know, that pressure from the beginning, I, it was as if I was put on the stove, you know, with the high, <laughs> high gas, high that, you yeah. know, For the end of the fourth year, you need to figure this, this, this out. So I think it can also be a very stressful time. You know, a lot of people, when people are going abroad, they think, oh, they're just partying, they're having fun. (laughs) No, (laughs) that is not the case. Maybe some kids do, but uh, for most of them, it's not because... It's like you don't A, get the time to as much do that. And B, doing those things is also financially expensive because, well, if you're talking about Vancouver, Vancouver is one of the most expensive cities in the world, you know, Uh, taking into account conversion and everything, you know, unless you're like a billionaire or a millionaire, yes, you will be enjoying or partying every day. But otherwise, I don't think students do it as much because I think they have so many responsibilities to keep up with, you know. So, yeah, I think there's a lot of false perceptions also that people have on students that go abroad. Yeah.
0: Mm. And yeah, it's all about putting yourself in the, like, out of your comfort zone and doing their stuff, yeah. right?
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, like, from the time of when you leave your airport, I even left the airport mm. by myself. I told my parents not to come drop me, you know, because, you know, you want to... Yeah, and like, you know, like, it's difficult, but then it's like... And yes, it's about pushing yourself out of your comfort zone, but, you know... You enjoy that also. You feel like you're finally taking control over your own life. You know, you feel like, yes, you make mistakes. Obviously, you're not correct all the time, but you learn from that, right? Because at the end of the day, the world is very... (laughs) comparative you know like people are not going to wait for you people are not going to make things always easy for you it's going to be very challenging you know there are going to be people who are rude this and that but it's all about figuring it out and what's so important to you right and I think it's great to have that experience earlier on in university when you get exposure to different kinds of people because you realize okay there are people like this also so you know so that when you actually enter the professional world you're prepared to face more of those people and you're prepared how you should act in those situations because professionally things become more complicated right now it's no longer about people just being a certain way but it's also about it could have certain financial or certain uh, professional repercussions for you also you know if you let certain people affect you this and that so I think you just learn a lot more about people in general how to work with others you know that's so important uh, you know how to create a name for yourself how to create a brand for yourself how to advocate for yourself that is so so important And I keep trying selling that to students so much is like, because I think today is all about that. It's all about going out there, saying how good you are doing things and obviously matching those words with actions also, obviously, Mm -hmm. because it doesn't work without that. But, you know, it's so important to not just do the work, but also speak about it because no one is Mm -hmm. going to ask come and ask you that, hey what did you do or no one's going to give you credibility unless you ask for it you know yeah, so you right. really need to get into that habit of asking for what you deserve uh, which mm-hmm. i think is not again thought as much um mm-hmm. yeah
0: and i feel when it comes to branding we can all like see your profile on linkedin also you, like you post so post so regularly like whatever you you go through in life yeah no yeah that's that's the reason
1: i even started it in the first place is because you know like You know, all of us think, oh, why should we post about ourselves? (laughs) Who will read my stories? Everyone thinks that. And even I thought that initially, you know, I wasn't sure if anyone would even benefit from this. But I think initially LinkedIn started for me as like a way to vent myself, you know, the pressures and the things that I was going through. I was like, you know, I need a platform where I can, in a way, take all of this out. and yeah. Share it in a way that, you know, maybe even helps others feel okay with where they're at, you know, because one thing I started realizing was a lot of people were hesitant talking about particular things. A lot of people were felt um, shame when they had to share particular experiences, you know, whether it be COVID-19 and it it hitting a lot of people financially, you know, whether Mm -hmm. it be, you know, uh, ideas of landing a job and getting multiple rejections. A lot of people did not feel comfortable. They felt like you know they were to blame for those things and they didn't feel comfortable even talking about those things. And mostly at that time when I joined LinkedIn, all I used to see on LinkedIn is just posts of congratulations just posts of people, you know, getting incredible jobs, getting awards multiply. And, you know, I remember as someone who at that time hadn't figured things out. I still haven't figured things out. But I remember initially at that that stage when I was really vulnerable, I used to Mm -hmm. feel like, oh my God, you know, I'm not doing anything, you know, I'm not good. I'm not great. I'm lazy. I'm not putting in effort, this and that. You know, you start going into that whole loop of comparison. And I felt like, you know what? If I feel it, I'm sure others feel it too. So that's what I was like, you know, I need to start posting my experiences of failures, rejections, everything. So that everyone feels, you know what, this is completely normal. And this is something everyone experiences. So, yeah, that was my whole idea of starting. And then slowly people got connected who felt the same, you know, and they were like, thank you so much for posting this because it helps us feel normal. (laughs) And I was like, yes, you should feel normal because what you're experiencing, everyone experiences that, you know, no one starts at the highest level
0: exactly i think yeah. we have a
1: tendency to view success as a straight line but it's not it is this exact line right like some people come to me and they're like oh wow how did you reach her you were doing incredible first of all i'm not doing that incredible <laughs> there is a lot more scope but what i'm saying is like, you know uh if they just reflect and see where i started at they would be like oh she started at the same place as we started you know or maybe even a step behind it, she started but see where yeah. she's come so If she can do it, I definitely can do it. You know, that kind of thinking is very important. You know, sometimes when we just see other people on social media, we think we see them at their top, right? So we're like, oh, they're doing amazing. I can't reach there, this and that. But look to where they started from. It's the exact same place where you are at right now, you know? So it's all about figuring out that, okay, you know, talk to them, understand how they did it and do it for yourself. That's what I did. And that's why I recommend others to do as well. So, So, yeah.
0: Yeah, to this, I want to add that because at the end of the day, it's the competition is with your own self, not
1: the people around you. Yeah, I 100% agree, you know, like, because you can just keep competing, you know, if you just keep comparing yourself to others, like, and it's very common, you know, especially because of social media is so difficult to not compare. Uh, you know, uh, you know, even sometimes it's happened to me and you know, I'm just sitting because I'm involved in multiple things, you know, first of all, at job, you're always trying to become your best by the quality of work you're putting out, you know, you want to get promoted, so many other factors, but then I'm also a creator on LinkedIn, I start seeing, you know, someone else is increasing and following amazingly they are posting so much more regularly than me i post once a day there are people who are even posting twice or thrice a day you know and i'm like oh my god and they're growing faster and i'm like that's amazing i work as a career consultant i see some people hosting multiple workshops having thousands of people join it whereas i may have just 100 200 people join you know not to say the number is small but it's like we forget to take our growth into account you know I started mm-hmm. at a point where I had 10, 20 people joined my career workshops, and maybe now I have 100, 200. But I become ungrateful suddenly when I start comparing myself to people who have thousand, two thousand. But have those people been around the same time as me? No, they've been around longer than me. You know, so realizing that you know we will also get there. It's just a phase of life. You cannot jump stages, right? You go through mm-hmm. it one step at a time. So I think it's so important to just take a step back and I'm not saying you cannot stop comparing it's going to happen either ways so every time you feel the urge to compare just take a step back and realize okay where did this person start from and you know one thing I usually do is I scroll down to the first post this person ever ever made first of all it takes very long to scroll down to the first post because there are so many but you know scroll down to the first post that person ever made it'll help you realize you know what I'm starting at the same level Because I will promise you their first post will not be as good, will not be as of a value add as what their today's post is. And that is like, you know, hard work pays off. Consistency pays off. You know, if you post every single day, I know by the end of the week, you're posting a lot better content than you posted at the beginning of the week. As simple as that. You know, it's just about building a habit. So I think sometimes when you think of it, like, you know, it's very simple that, you know, just man, like just realize, you know, even they start at the same place, but I think we just forget it at times because, you know, we're living in such a fast-paced world. We're hopping from one Instagram post to another and all we see is if just success, and we're just thinking that's what they came with in this world, but that's not true, you know? Uh, So I think, yeah, it's a lot of like factors that play a role in us feeling certain ways, towards ourselves our capabilities our dreams uh you know and uh yeah, yeah what we can and cannot achieve so yeah
0: yeah and i also feel linkedin is a place to reach beyond your boundaries you know connect yeah. with international clients and you know reach out to as many people as possible
1: yeah you know i know like vedika bhaya i think that's her yeah family. yeah she's amazing I think she's such
0: an inspiration,
1: like, you know, Exactly. you have so many creators like herself these days, like, I'm telling you, like, I honestly think India is such a world power, like, you know, it has such incredible folks that it's, you know, producing in a way, whereby, like, you know, like, they're making such good use, like, you know, people are not following the traditional route anymore. You know, they are not fixated on that. Oh, get a good job, get high grades, you know, land a job at the top company. People are more about, okay, how do I create something that speaks to me? how do I become an entrepreneur, how do I create a brand for myself and I think that is lovely that the people are thinking that way because that all comes from a lot of independence, that all comes from a lot of fostering of self-confidence which is I think we need in the youth today you know and I think you see these creators out there they're earning incredible money but again it's what's important to be mindful of did they start with that no They started with a fail when they hosted workshops. Maybe there was even one person who showed up, you know. They started as a phase where maybe their clients, not every client was getting returns. But because they were consistent, because they kept putting in the work, because they believed in themselves and the idea, they eventually, you know, for some people, it may take them a week. For some people, it may take them a month. For some people, it may take them two years, five years, whatever. But at the end of the day, they end up reaching a place what they are capable of. And that speaks to their, you know, potential you know
0: exactly. and
1: they reach that place you know so I think it's just it's important to be mindful of it's you know if you're at the bottom it's just growth from there you cannot go below <laughs> that's what I used to myself. you know when I was getting multiple rejections not being able to figure out what I want to do I just said Ritika you know what it's only up from here which is a good thing you know so just focus on how we can keep moving upwards you know because
0: I think that should be like that goal so yeah yeah right And yeah, it's all about being clear of what you want to be. That's all that matters.
1: Yeah, and that's very difficult. You know, half the challenge is solved when you know what exactly you want to do and why you want to do it. But most people even spend most of their life just figuring that out. Uh, So I think if anyone knows what exactly they want to do, I think they're already halfway there because then all you need to figure out how to do it and I don't think that is as challenging as figuring out
0: you know what you want to do so yeah it's like I keep uh, doing various stuff like we can say projects that interest you right because it's difficult to like sit on your bum and decide what is the one thing that you want to do
1: yeah and I, I like you know like I was just writing something yesterday. And I think what big thing that I noticed with a lot of students is everyone consistently asks, oh, I don't have experience. I have lack of experience. You know, I'm not able to land jobs. I'm not able to do this and that. Because I think it's like a lot of us have this traditional mindset when we think of experience also. We think of corporate job experience, but no, that's not what experience is. Experience can be anything, you know. Working on a project while you're in school, uh, working a uh, volunteer, uh, volunteering with different non-profits or organizations, you know. Uh, job shadowing is a big one as well, you know. Like reaching out to people who you want to work with, you know, whose position you want to be in one day, and just telling them, hey, you know, I'm really interested in this space. Would it be okay for you that for one week I shadow you, at your job, yeah. you know, and I just take down notes and learn from the work that you do, you know? So those are so many multiple areas of getting experience, you know. Yeah. So it's not just about, and I think even like when it comes to like pay and unpaid, a lot of people are hesitant to take on unpaid experiences. But I think that's the nothing bad with it. Because to be honest, when you are starting out and let's say you're a student and if finances is not a big, big concern for you, I think online internships and unpaid internships is the best way to get experience. A The reason being because even though it's an internship, you have a lot of control over how you shape that internship because the other person also knows it's unpaid. So they're not you're not obliged to follow exactly what they have written for you, you know. You can come up with your own position title also at times. You can come up with the own type of responsibilities that you want to experience, you know. The Mm -hmm. skills that you specifically want to build. So you can indirectly create a job just for yourself. You know that will help you in your future career opportunities as well and that's what i did you know when i initially started transitioning into the business space i knew i had no experience you know being very honest with yourself also okay i don't have experience how do i get it now so i did okay you know i cannot land corporate jobs without any experience so i was like okay let's start getting experience so what i did was i start reaching out to non-profits startups you know worked up paid for them told them that hey i see your website i think there's a lot of potential for it to grow And this is how I can help you. I will work free of cost for you for like a month. And please give me this opportunity. Once you get the opportunity, you do the work, show the results. And, you know, once you have that experience, put it in your resume, apply to a job. And I bet you can land that job, you know. So it's like, so like the mix of those things. Yeah.
0: Okay. So Ritika, the last question for me, for you is, uh, what is the piece of advice would you like to give to all the students? who are just starting their graduation, who have completed their class 12th. Uh, okay. from your experiences, yeah. Yeah, I think, okay, wow.
1: There are <laughs> multiple pieces of advice that come to mind. But I think if I have to pick something, I think first would be like not underselling yourself. I think I say that a lot also. I constantly talk about it in my post as well. And the reason I, said, I tell it, is because, you know, like once you graduate, You know, there is so many things that start happening, you know, you're moving more down the professional route, you start applying to jobs, you know, you're trying to seek internships initially, you're trying to build a name for yourself, create a brand for yourself, an image for yourself, whether it be online on online platforms like LinkedIn, or whether it be in person also in your universities, you know, with particular clubs you're a part of, there are so many places where you're applying to things. what are you doing when you're applying every single time you're indirectly kind of selling yourself selling your capabilities selling why you deserve that particular role or that particular being a member of that particular club you know and those are constantly going to be happening so i think it's so important to learn um a not just how to advocate for yourself and i think that definitely comes through experience you know keeping yourself really open to trying on different opportunities you know participate uh, be, uh, become a part of clubs, participate in events, go for competitions, fail, come back, Don't doesn't matter, you know, don't wait to be your 100%, if that makes sense, uh, to participate in things. A lot of people are like, oh, let me first learn more, and then I will do all of this. That then never comes. You know, so just get started. You know, sometimes it's all about the idea of just getting started. So, okay, I mentioned quite a few. So, I think like first, I would say is like, you know, just making sure to advocate for yourself. And the way you can do that is through the second part, which is keeping yourself open to trying on different opportunities, keeping yourself open to participating in different things, pushing yourself out of your comfort zone. And, you know, it's going to be very uncomfortable initially, but once you do it once, it's going to happen a lot more smoothly for the next few times. You know, so it's just about Getting started at the end of the day, you know, like anything you want to achieve, don't think through it too much, because when you think too much, you keep delaying it and that never happens. And then you have regrets and other things. So, you know, just get started with it. And third is like, just make sure you're believing in what you're doing. Have a very good idea of, is this something I really want to do? Why is it that I want to do this? And why am I a great fit for this? The reason I say it is because people are going to constantly be asking you the same question every single time why you why you why you for everything and if you don't have a great answer to that or if you don't believe in the answer you have to that you know this answer cannot be made up by just searching something on you know google or using chat gpt to answer for it because at the end of the day You need to be so confident when you're saying that answer that you 100% believe in what you're saying and you know that you have the capability and the potential to bring results to that particular position, to that particular event or to that particular club. And as long as you believe that, people are going to believe you. And once you have that belief, you are not going to undersell yourself because when you know what you're capable of, you're going to be like, you know what? I don't want to just settle for anything, you know, if I am capable, why not fight a little bit harder, work a little bit harder and land something that actually speaks to your aspirations, you know, and that matches your capabilities. So I would say like those are a few things which I think, and these are very interrelated. They aren't separate things and kind of go hand in hand. So, you know, making sure you are, you know, not just... A obviously building that credibility for yourself, but once you've built it, advocate for it. Once you're advocating for it, you know, make sure you're also like, you know, putting yourself out there to build more of those skills, upskill yourself constantly because learning is a lifelong process. It doesn't happen yeah. just overnight, you know. Making sure you're doing that. And I think when you do that, you'll become very much more cognizant about, you know, what is something that is best fit for you. And hopefully you're not understanding yourself then um so yeah yeah, that would be something I would say
0: yeah amazing and um how one can reach out to you like as you also provide career counseling to students right how one can like yeah,
1: ideas. no, that's a great question. That is something I should add. <laughs> but uh, the best way I think to reach is like just on LinkedIn. Uh, you know, uh, in my bio, there's always this uh, link that I mentioned for book a call. And, you know, anytime you feel like, you know, you just want to chat either about your career, maybe just about life decisions in general, you know, I'm always there. Um, most of the students, I'm around their same age. So, you know, maybe there is that relatability factor as well, Um, you know, and so, yeah, it's very simple. Just go on LinkedIn and click on the link and there you go. And then you get time with me. And I think, yes, you know, like it's been an incredible journey having so many students kind of reach out, having those conversations. And I think one thing I've been realizing for all students is I think there's so much capability out there. They have so much, so much potential, but I think. All that needs to be learned is how do you advocate for this potential. I know it sounds very simple, but trust me, it's not. Even to this day, I have 40, almost 40% of my students still telling me, what is networking? you know, uh, Mm -hmm. you would imagine a time of LinkedIn, everyone would know what it is, but it's not that commonly available knowledge, you know, and if it is commonly available, the confidence is not commonly available. It is something that has to be thought at times. I believe everyone has the potential to do things. Mm -hmm. Everyone has the potential to push themselves, but what they need sometimes is a little bit of a guidance and a little bit of an external push, uh, you know, so that is what I'm here to provide for. So if any of you are kind of like either struggling or even doing well and just want to chat about your career and your future aspirations, feel free to reach out. Yeah.
0: All right. So that's all from my side. And thank you so much for sharing these amazing insights. I hope that the people who are listening to this podcast will really find it very, you know, meaningful.
1: Yeah, I hope so as well. And thank you so much for this opportunity. Also, I really hope I had a back throat today, which is why I don't know if you guys may have noticed my (laughs) voice went up and down sometimes. But um, I hope that is our effect, you know, what students are able to take away from this. And uh, yeah, you're doing great work as well, Koshi. Like, you know, keep uh, keep it up, you know, like, not just sticking to, you know, doing Uh, You know, your classic university studies, but doing beyond that, because I think today is all about that. You know, it's not about just doing what's expected of you, but taking it a step beyond. And I think you're doing that. So keep up the good work as well.
0: Yeah.